0: From Australia, this is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. And the national news is for week commencing
1: December 11, 2022. And joining us this week, direct from WIA HQ, Director Stephen Green, VK2TSG, with board happenings this past week and Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, from the WIA Spectrum Strategy Committee, with views on the WIA's response to the ACMA's proposal on amateur radio licensing. I'm Graham, VK4BB. The response has been lodged with the ACMA. It is now online and can be downloaded from a link in the text edition of this broadcast, or look on the homepage of the Wireless Institute of Australia website. You will recall that, at the end of September, the Australian Communications and Media Authority proposed that Australia's radio amateurs move to a class licensing scheme next July, opening a consultation period that closed at the end of November. The WIA has replied to the ACMA proposals with a forensically comprehensive, evidence-based response. The ACMA proposes moving Australia's radio amateurs from individual apparatus licences, to one licence for the entire amateur service as a whole, citing the principal reason being reducing the administrative burden for both the ACMA and the amateur radio community. The immediate benefit would be that licence and licence renewal fees would disappear. The ACMA's proposal can be found online via a link in the text edition. The WIA's response is important because the WIA is the one ITU-recognised peak body representing the amateur radio service in Australia and the sole member of the International Amateur Radio Union, an ITU sector body. The Institute's response to the proposals on class licensing from the ACMA provides a detailed examination of the scheme and, while agreeing with some matters, provides considered recommendations for many matters found wanting and proposes working with the ACMA to address the issues to provide the best outcome for Australia's radio amateurs now and in future. Individual licensing of radio amateurs in Australia has been in place since the end of World War II. Hence, the WIA views the move as a quantum step in the evolution of amateur licensing in Australia, such as not been seen previously. Responding in kind to the ACMA's two-part consultation, firstly on, operational arrangements to support the proposed amateur class licence. Proposals such as granting 50 to 52 megs access to standard licensees were welcomed, along with removal of other restrictions, while proposals on callsign management found many points of serious concern, plus a range of drafting issues with the class licence scheme. Previously opposed to the ACMA's class licencing proposal of 2021, this time the WIA offers qualified support, provided a suite of issues are addressed so that the class licence to be implemented aligns with or meets the operational practices and needs of Australian radio amateurs. On the ACMA's, quote, proposal for a staged implementation of higher power authorisation, for which the ACMA suggests using a scientific licence qualification, The WIA points out, firstly, that scientific licensing does not allow operators to make contacts, which is anathema to the ITU definition of the amateur radio service. In the amateur service definition, intercommunication, making contacts is a basic purpose of the service and one of the prime drivers for higher power operation, the WIA points out. Secondly, The ACMA's scientific licensing methodology is prohibitively costly and overly complex. If the purpose of class licensing the amateur service was to reduce the administrative burden, scientific licensing for higher power use is the opposite. The WI suggests a cautious, phased approach over a period of one up to three years to introduce high power privileges. The Institute advocates for a program based on education, with new syllabus requirements, information campaigns, and an accompanying toolset to enable and support licensed amateurs to upskill. This will hopefully provide the ACMA with confidence that those amateurs operating higher power will be doing so with the knowledge, skill and experience to operate safely in relation to the public and themselves. To ensure the submission was on a sound footing, the WIA compiled an exposure draft, publishing it online in conjunction with a survey of the Australian radio amateur community, including non-members along with WIA members, which attracted 615 respondents. The WIA's response to the ACMA is thus evidence-based, being informed by radio amateur community feedback and suggestions, both from individuals and amateur radio clubs. The WIA's response provides qualified support for the ACMA's class licensing proposal and has provided some suggestions on how to address particular concerns around the loss of a public register of call signs and the publication of call signs, transition to a class license and associated documentation, a range of identified class licence drafting issues and reconsideration of the approach to high power authorisation. This has been Roger Harrison, vk 20 zrh from the WIA Spectrum Strategy Committee.
2: Hello, this is Stephen Green, VK2TSG, one of your National Board members. While the proverbial silly season of shopping and parties is now upon us, with some of us eyeing off new transceivers and gadgets, while others are lamenting the thought of more ties and socks. New Year's resolutions come to mind, and if you're like me, it's often hard to stick to them. Perhaps consider taking up a role related to amateur radio, be it in your local club, the WIA or even WISON. There are so many things to be done, with roles that suit many levels of availability, interest, experience level and so on. There are also great opportunities for learning and practising skills that can be transferred into other workplaces too. By volunteering in groups, we're more likely to stick with it, so to speak, and really go places why not take a look at the National WIA website for available positions in committees and working groups? Perhaps the WIA amateur radio body in your state regarding work with broadcasts or other items, or discuss what your local club needs. Many clubs and other organisations have been holding end-of-year meetings and parties, with most closing for the rest of the month and January. Although there's a lot to do at home, it's also a great opportunity to increase our on-air activity, perhaps during a commute at a late hour or similar moment. Particularly, try to share a conversational QSO with those outside your regular circle who might not have many like-minded people to talk to. Perhaps you could share a small project at some point during the season, maybe an antenna, power supply, remote, microphone, or perhaps talk to someone about a technical problem or join in some simple activity that people could share in. These open the doors for talking. No matter what our main interest in amateur radio is, at its core, alongside technology, is communication. Let's make that connection with each other, practice listening, and kindly responding to the people on air around us and far away. Most of you would be aware of the Are You U OK Day earlier in the year, which is a terrific reminder about how to ask the question. But the truth is, Are You U OK Day is every day. Let's try it. 73's from Stephen vk2 tsg
0: this is the home service of the wireless institute of australia through vk1 wia now international news with jason vk2 law hello leading
3: international news this week from region two when it opens for visitors in early 2023 The Museum of Information Explosion in Huntsville, Alabama will feature a modern amateur radio station designed to educate visitors about our hobby. The station will present an interesting contrast between modern digital technology and the historic and classic gear found in the museum's other exhibits. This juxtaposition of old and new will illustrate the accelerating evolution of amateur radio and will demonstrate that ham radio is not an archaic and dying activity. The Museum of Information Explosion will allow people to explore the history of communication and computing innovation and how these technologies have shaped our modern way of life. In addition to the HAM radio station, exhibits include vintage telegraph sets, phonographs, radios and televisions. Dr Christina Collins' Kilo Delta 8 Oscar X-Ray Tango earned her PhD in Electrical Engineering from Case Western Reserve University on November 18. Dr. Collins' thesis, Development of a Low-Cost Meta-Instrument for Distributed Observations of Ionospheric Variability, focuses on the development of the Hamsi Great Personal Space Weather Station Network. Radio Station Science Investigation, Hamsi serves as a means for fostering collaborations between professional researchers and amateur radio operators. Dr. Collins currently serves on the Hamsi Advisory Board, leads the Hamsi Eclipse and Frequency Measurement Festivals Project and WWVH Scientific Modulation Team and served as Chair of the Local Organising Committee for the 2019 HamSai Workshop. Dr. Collins, Kilo Delta Rate Oscar X-Ray Tango, was first licensed in 2010 and holds an Amateur Extra Class Licence. And in news from Region 3, the Indian National Academy of Engineering, INAE, will induct Dr Ulrich Rode, November 1, Uniform Lima, as a fellow during ceremonies in mid-December. Dr Rode is only the third foreign fellow elected by the INAE, preceded by Dr Jeffrey Wineland, who won a Nobel Prize in Physics and Dr. Philip H. Knight. In the formal announcement issued, the INAE thanked Dr. Roan for outstanding contributions to engineering and also your dynamic leadership in engineering domain, which have immensely contributed for the faster development of the country. The INAE was founded in 1987 and describes itself as including India's most distinguished engineers, engineer scientists and technologists, covering the entire spectrum of engineering disciplines. In January 2023, New Zealand's Radio Spectrum Management, RSM, will farewell two of the longest-serving members of their radio investigations team. Mike Baird and Grant Wheaton have both been working within Radio Spectrum Management since the early 1970s and collectively have over 100 years of dedicated service. Mike and Grant have contributed greatly to the New Zealand radio industry and have been instrumental in ensuring that the RSM Investigations Group has strong technical abilities and processes. Project to Map Australia's Telecommunications Resilience A first-of-its-kind project, led by the Australian National University, ANU, and funded by the Department of Infrastructure, Transport, Regional Development, Communications and the Arts, DITRDCA, will holistically map the resilience of Australia's telecommunications sector. ANU Vice-Chancellor Professor Brian Schmidt noted that telecommunications underpins every other sector in the Australian economy, stating telecommunications drives economic growth, national productivity and innovation, and keeps Australians connected to each other and the world. When telecommunications and digital services go down, Australia and Australians grind to a halt. The 2019-2020 bushfires, the pandemic, floods and cyber incidents are just a few examples of recent events that have tested the resilience of the sector, said Project Lead Professor Joanna Weaver, Director of the ANU Tech Policy Design Centre. The project will provide an independent evidence base to inform future Australian government decisions, he said. It will provide a valuable evidence base to increase the resilience of Australia's telecommunications sector as a whole it will be an invaluable tool for individual firms to prepare their own risk and resilience plans. Australia's communications networks have stood up well to the unprecedented challenges thrown at them in recent years by natural and malevolent threats, he said. Telco carriers have strengthened key network infrastructure and backup capabilities and improved coordination with emergency authorities and key stakeholders such as the energy industry. The work being led by ANU experts will, we believe, add value to that vital ongoing mission. For VK1WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW.
4: Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. Now, contest-wise 2022, 10 metre contest, all sponsored. For amateurs worldwide to exchange QSO information with as many stations as possible on the 10 metre band. This weekend folks, December 10 and 11. Logs are due within 7 days after the event is over. Now let's look through the DX window, starting with the return of 12 days before Christmas, special event. If you are counting down the days until Christmas, here is a little help with counting things down. Just count the 12 for the return of the most popular 12 Days of Christmas special event. Mike Askins, KE5CXP from AR Newsline, tells us how to get in on the action.
5: Is that a partridge in the pear tree? Or did someone just hang a dipole in its place? Hey, are those nine drummers really drumming, or are they actually DXing? With the return of the 12 Days of Christmas special event this year, you just can't be sure what those nine drummers, ten pipers, or seven swans are up to. But we do know that hundreds of hams around the world will be listening for them. Their special event, Call Signs, will be on the air for a fourth year, starting on December 14th and ending on Christmas Day, December 25th. Operators will be using CW and SSB and making use of one satellite. As in previous years, they'll be using one-by-one calls that begin with either a W or a K. But this year, things will be easier for those who wish to rotate their beams. The calls will also contain a stroke, and the operator's numerical call area. So get ready to start listening for all those calling birds and earn a downloadable certificate to make the
4: season as bright as five golden rings. Thanks, Mike. Now the Equal Amateur Radio Society has been on the air with nine special event call signs, but they go QRT 18 December after celebrating the 2022 FIFA World Cup. Look out for Headquarters Station A722FWC, as well as eight call signs that contain sequential numbers, from A71FIFA to A78FIFA. The stations have been heard and worked on the HF bands and via the QO-100 satellite. QSL via the Bureau, Logbook of the World, or directly. During this month, the Fisher's Ghost Amateur Radio Club and BK2 are celebrating its 40th anniversary with special event call sign VI2FG40. Activity will be mainly on 40 metres SSB. A special event station from the club's radio shack at Cataract Activity Centre, QF55JS, will be active for 40 hours on multiple bands using SSB and FT8. From 20 hours... Friday, 9 December, to 12 hours Sunday, 11 December, AEDT. More information can be found on the QRZ page for VI2FG40. The special event station, VI100MB, will be active during 2023, celebrating the centenary of VK2's Manly and District Radio Club. For VK1WIA National News... I'm Felix VK for a few Q Eningham. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through
0: VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with Cole VK3GTV. Hello, first up it's Defence. The National Association for Amateur Radio in the USA, ARRL, report of the Federal Communications Commission granted a waiver allowing amateur radio operators to participate in a special event commemorating the 81st anniversary of National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day this past week. On December 6 and 7, ham radio operators made cross-band contacts with the battleship Iowa, now moored in the port of Los Angeles in San Pedro, California, using the call sign NEPM. The waiver included that in addition to the skills gained by amateur operators who participate in the event, this specific Remembrance Day carried particular importance, giving the ever-decreasing number of World War II veterans able to participate each year. National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day is commemorated each year on December 7th. Worldwide Special Interest Group News, Summits on the Air, Worldwide Flora and Fauna Program and other adventure groups, including Parks on the Air. The Parkfest Organising Committee is pleased to announce the Pilliger Parkfest, which will be held in the Narrabri to Coonabarabran region of New South Wales on the 29th and 30th of April next year.
6: Marty, VK4KC, has the details. What is an Australian Parkfest, you may be asking? A weekend is selected where ham radio operators who enjoy portable operations in designated national and state parks come together at a regional location where there is a concentration of such parks. These parks are activated during the day and then tall stories are shared over dinner along with socialising into the evening, usually discussing equipment and plans for the next day. It's all about enjoying the activity and enjoying the company of like-minded friends. The Dorigo Park Fest held last May was a huge success, so we are very excited about Pilliga and we have over 20 confirmed attending. The Pilliga Pottery Bacala Farmstay is the recommended accommodation and there are still rooms available along with van and tent sites. All ham radio operators are welcome to attend and if you want to get involved in park activation programs such as POTA and WWFF, what a great opportunity to get your feet wet. There will be plenty of experienced portable operators who will be most happy to assist those who are new to this type of operating. For more information, search out the Facebook group called Pilliger Parkfest, that's Parkfest with a hyphen between the words, or email Marty, VK4KiloCharlie, or Alan, VK2MikeEchoTango, whose emails are on their QRZ pages. I'm Marty, VK4KiloCharlie, the mad dog.
0: Thanks, Marty. Next up, it's Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. SpaceMobile has reached a milestone in its mission to build the first and only global cellular broadband network in space to operate directly with standard mobile phones, having successfully completed deployment of its test satellite and communications array Blue Walker 3 in orbit. The goal of the network is to eliminate the connectivity gaps faced by today's 5 billion mobile subscribers, and finally bring broadband to the billions who remain unconnected bw 3 is being billed as the largest ever commercial communications array deployed in low-Earth orbit, spanning 64.38 square metres in size, a design feature critical to support a space-based cellular broadband network, with an expected field of view of over 776,996 square kilometres on the surface of the Earth. It's designed to communicate directly with cellular devices via 3GPP standard frequencies at 5G speeds testing the technologies that AST SpaceMobile will need for its planned commercial service. Criticalcoms.com.au say the satellite comprises a large, flat, thin array built from identical components called microns. Solar cells collect energy on one side, and on the other side, many small antennas form a phased array. Still on Space News, humans have left a lot of stuff in space. There's so much stuff that space junkers become a serious problem. Much of it is defunct satellites in orbits high enough that they can't simply fall back down to Earth. But just because a satellite has died, don't think it's all over. Six of them have demonstrated that sometimes satellites can spontaneously and unexpectedly come back to life. These revenant spacecraft orbiting our planet are known as zombie satellites. Among the record holders for the longest gap between communications, there's amsat Oscar 7 launched in 1974... This was an amateur radio satellite that operated for seven years. In 1981, a battery failure put an end to its mission. But 21 years later, in 2002, the satellite started communicating again. Amateur radio operators have actually played a big role in all this, and one among them, Scott Tilley in particular. He's responsible for receiving communications from the Lincoln Experimental Satellite, LES-5, back in 2020. Originally launched in 1967 by the US Air Force, it only works when the solar panels are getting sunlight. A couple of years before that, he was able to find the Image Satellite, another zombie satellite that had been lost by NASA in 2005. Worldwide special interest groups, ATV. Happy ending for producer of ham radio documentary. Sometimes the best movies are the ones in which it's impossible to guess the ending. This report tells us about one such movie, a documentary, and the student filmmaker who created it, and but a radio newsline's Rolf Scalacci, KK six ITB, brings us her story.
5: The thirty-minute documentary that made its TV premiere on Montana Public Broadcasting on Thanksgiving Day was a production by Grace Walcott, a University of Montana student working with media arts students at the school. The film has a one-word title: Ham. Grace told Newsline it was inspired by a class assignment and, in part, by the small, portable shortwave radio she listens to. It's the story of Montana's ham radio community and the reason for radio operators' devotion. She called the documentary a learning experience with everyone willing to work outside their comfort zones. Grace was producer, director, and assistant editor. The production also offered moments of radio magic in one of her favorite moments, the crew was interviewing a ham in his shack when another ham could be heard on the air. And then there was yet another. A cuso got underway and each learned that they'd all been interviewed for Grace's film. So can you guess the ending? Grace, who aspires to be an independent filmmaker, now has another goal. She wants to become a ham. She's already studying with the help of Lance Collister, W seven G J, the amateur scene in the opening scenes of the film. She said, quote, everyone I met in the community is patiently waiting for me to get my license and I will not let them down. End quote. This is Ralph Squilacci,
0: KK six ITB. Thanks, Ralph, and if you'd like to see Grace's documentary, it's available on the Montana PBS website. See the link in the text version of this week's news at wya.org.au Worldwide Special Interest Group's Faith Using Ham Radio on the Farm Ham Radio, a practical and useful tool for an intentional community. The folks at the farm, as described on the back of the QSL card the radio crew sends out, is a religious community of 800 people in southern Tennessee, the largest and most successful beatnik community in the world and is self-supporting. MotherEarth.com reported way back in 1974 on Ham Radio and The Farm and noted The Farm's members started their journey on and off air in 1971 on their 1,700 acres in Summertown. And as Albert WB4BWR says, it looks like we're here to stay. The community's first major use of radio was to keep in touch with its rock group, The Farm Band, which tours all over the USA. This is especially important for Inna May, the farm's head midwife, who travels with the band and uses its ham rig to talk with the other midwives back home. Worldwide special interest groups, Yota. Youth-operated stations around the world are part of a special event celebrating youth in amateur radio during the month of December. Alec, VK2APC, joins us again this week.
7: We amateur radio operators, 25 and younger, are on the air as special event stations around the world throughout December in celebration of Youth in Amateur Radio. Yoda Month stations are on all bands and modes at various times. Over in the United States this year, call signs on air are now once again K8Y, K8O, K8T, and K8A. Argentina has been heard active as LR1, Yoda, Canada VC3 Yoda and VB7 Yoda, El Salvador YS1 Yoda, and Honduras as HQ2 Yoda. In the UK, the RSGB will be hosting GB22 Yoda on Saturday 17th December as part of Yoda Month. Now, we may be here in VK land Amateur radio operators here should be listening for and contacting these stations, as well as all call signs ending in the letters Yoda across the globe. Overlapping with Yoda month is round three of the Yoda contest, which is on the 30th of December 2022, from 1200 to 2359 UTC. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Alec, VK2APC in Sydney. Now back over to you, Cole.
0: Thanks, Alec. More information about Yoda Month, specifically in the Americas, can be found at youthontheair.org. Worldwide special interest groups, radio amateur old-timers. The quarter-century wireless association, QCWA, celebrated its 75th anniversary last Monday, December 5th. Founded in 1947, QCWA's mission includes promoting friendship and cooperation among amateur radio, wireless operators, who were licensed as such at least a quarter of a century ago. QCWA is hosting the Members Only Worked 75-75 Members Contest from December 5, so it's happening right now, through to February 18, 2023. The contest encourages QCWA members to contact a minimum of 75 QCWA members during the contest period. All contest entrants will receive a special certificate. And additional information is available via the link we like in this week's WIA National News. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Col, VK3GTV. And just
1: like that, we've reached the end of WIA National News for yet another week. We will catch you the same time
0: next week. And don't forget, walk softly. I'm Graham VK4BB. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.